0: What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, Managing Editor, FightfulMMA.com, Fightful.com. If you're not a part of our live coverage and discussion of UFC shows, you're missing out. We got hundreds, if not thousands of people, or comments at least, over there every single time out. You all should uh, give it a go. Check it out. I think it'd be worth your time, my friends. Uh, But for now, let's go ahead and talk about UFC Fight Night Vancouver. We'll be back on Tuesday... ...with a full wrap-up of this show. But uh, I'm going to run down the night's happenings thus far. Uh, there were, or not thus far, uh, of what actually happened on this show. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Justin Gaethje defeated Donald Cerrone via TKO round one. We knew this one was going to be a banger. We knew this was going to be a violent fight. We knew this was going to be uh, uh, hard to follow, so to speak. And uh, fortunately, nothing else had to follow this. They went at it, and then Justin Gaethje just cracked Donald Cerrone. Now, there was an interesting aspect to the stoppage here, in that Justin Gaethje was like, "No, no, 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 we're ready, we're ready to do this, we're ready to finish this up." Uh, he went face down. Let's let's end this here. The referee Jaron Valle was not ready to do it, even though Gaethje looked at him twice. But hey. In all fairness, it's not Gaethje's job to decide when the fight's over. It's his job to keep fighting until that fight is over. So, uh, while I sympathize with the likes of Cerrone and Gaethje, it, it, the ref stepped in when he needed to step in. Justin Gaethje, uh, saying telling the ref, hey man, come on, come on. It's not his job. I Now, there are some situations like Matt Brown and I think Pete Sell where it was just a little bit too much, but... You just keep, especially in this position, if you're Gaethje, you don't want to give Donald Cerrone another another opportunity to get up. Uh, I was I thought that Cerrone was going to win this until Showdown Joe mentioned how quickly Cerrone came back, and that had me sold. He had me swayed there, and I believe it too. I believe that Donald Cerrone came back way too fast after that Tony Ferguson fight, and he probably shouldn't have. That being said, he stepped in here, probably got himself, I don't know if he'll get himself 50 grand, because Gaethje will get 50 grand. And Tristan Conley and Pereira deserve the, the, ex- the fight of the night, and they won't even have to give Pereira anything. We'll talk about that momentarily. But Justin Gaethje, after the fight, said, Conor McGregor is retired. I don't want to face him. I want to face the winner of Habib and Tony Ferguson. And I appreciate that he at least doesn't want to hold up the division, because he knows that that fight is next. He knows that Ferguson and Nurmagomedov are next, and uh, he knows he's not going to get that spot. (laughs) He shouldn't anyway. That's got to be Ferguson and Habib, and it's got to happen. It's got to happen next, and that's what I want to see, and I think that's what the masses want to see. But Justin Gaethje against Habib or not Habib? Well, Habib or Ferguson—that's a fight that a lot of people want to see as well. But I think a lot of people do want to see him fight Conor McGregor, and he had agreed to fight Conor McGregor earlier this year. So I I don't know what the holdup is there. I guess we'll all see. But Justin Gaethje just beats the brakes off of Donald Cerrone. Glover Teixeira, number 9, defeated number 13 Nikita Krylov. I thought this would be far more one-sided. Nikita Krylov has improved technically a little bit. He had Glover Teixeira in submission trouble a couple of times throughout this fight. But Glover Teixeira almost had this one wrapped up as well with a rear naked choke. Uh, however, that did not end up happening, but Glover ends up victorious, and when you're looking at Glover Teixeira, and you're looking at him in the scope of this division, and you're looking at what he can and can't do, he's got three straight wins, he's won four out of five, he beat another guy who was on this show tonight, um, he's won eight of eleven. Eight of eleven, and he hasn't had a title shot in five years. I know it's crazy, but he ain't that far from a title shot. Especially if somehow that title shot gets off a of, title gets off of John Jones. But it's like, do you, what do you do? Five years ago, he got his ass whipped by John Jones, and things aren't getting any better for him after that. Nikita Krylov, oh my gosh, he's he's lost two or three. But yeah, you all know my feelings on Krylov. The majority of media had this for. Teixeira, uh, 76% of fans had it for Teixeira. Uh, I couldn't believe that this was a split. I was a little bit surprised about that. Wasn't surprised to see the bad luck that Todd Duffy got. The guy got poked in the eye. He came in hard and fast with some, some strikes, but the guy got poked in the eye, and I saw some people saying, oh, he wanted a way out. Yeah, I doubt it. I doubt the guy that was just complaining about how much that he made saying he couldn't fight on 10 and 10, 12 and 12, is going to pass up half of his pay. I don't think that's happening. Because if he loses, he misses out on that pay anyway. Also weird of him to say at media day, oh, the media doesn't talk enough about fighter pay. Bullshit. Organize, unionize, fill out your cards and shit. Don't blame that on the media. The media has talked about it at exhaustion. So Todd Duffy comes in and he fights for the first time since 2015. He still hasn't won since 2014. He's been back with the UFC for seven years. And he's fought four times. He's got to get back in the cage. Hopefully health uh, holds up for him. Mikhail Pereira, better known as the guy who does lion salts, missed weight. Came into the fight, did a bunch of moonsaults, a handspring, uh, tried to go for a rolling copper kick. He actually hit it and gassed himself out in a round. A round! And gave the fight to Tristan Connolly. Mikel Pereira won the first round, got himself tired, and then lost the last two rounds to Tristan Connolly. I'll give Mikel, uh, Michelle Pereira uh, this much. He didn't go away. If, if, uh, He wanted out of that fight. There were plenty of opportunities he could have just had out of that fight, but he stayed there. And Tristan Connolly won in his hometown, beat the showboat, who is just supremely entertaining, by the way. I'll I'll watch Pereira fight anytime. Love it. Amazing. But Tristan Connolly got the win, and he shouldn't have. If Pereira didn't do all the, the handsprings and the moonsaults and stuff, he wins this fight, and he wins it. Easily. They run this back and Pereira doesn't do that stuff. He wins this fight easily. But good for Tristan Conley because you know what? He could have got intimidated by that and he didn't. He could have felt like he was he was in over his head. But you know what? He stuck there. He had the heart and he won. Good on Tristan Conley. I hope that not only should he win fight of the night and get his 50 grand, he should get Pereira's 50 grand. Plus he gets that 20% of Pereira's purse anyway so I hope that Connolly gets, uh, I guess it'd be at least like 125 grand, probably over 130 grand, including Reebok pay. He should. They won't though. They'll give him half of it. They'll give him half of of the fight of the night. Thank you to Adonis Hernandez for the super chat. It says please watch the Sasha Banks Chronicle. Amazing. I will. Uriah Hall beat Antonio Carlos Jr split decision it's fights like this that makes me wonder if i should even cover mma again because i couldn't have been more wrong i said when hall doesn't pull the trigger he loses and i didn't think that he pulled the trigger effectively in this fight and i said if it goes to the scorecards it's going to be carlos jr's fight it went to the scorecards and it was not 53 percent of fans um uh, um, about 60% of media had it for Uriah Hall. I think that's the right call. But uh, you can never... Also, I've always said you can never count out Uriah Hall. He's he's 35 years old right now. He's won two in a row. He's won three out of four. That one lone loss is to Paulo Costa. This is only his second decision win in like 14 UFC fights. That's so surprising. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Jamie Stevens says, we knew Pereira would come to the UFC and try that shit. Bit of a moron. Probably should be at 185 anyway. I don't know if he's that much of a moron. He didn't win, but I wouldn't say moron. People know who he is. People want to see him fight. But yeah, he probably should be at 185, and I hope he goes there. Because if he pulls that off, maybe it's a little more uh, applicable there. Misha Serkinov defeated Jimmy Croot. I thought Crute was going to win this. He is a little too raw. He looked every bit of 23 years old here. And Misha Serkinov looked every bit of the 32, and um, he looked like a veteran. And put away Krut after some back and forth, man. It was close here. I would love to see these guys square off again in the future. But Misha Serkinov ended up beating Krut with a Peruvian necktie. Amazing! I'm surprised nobody's adopted that in the pro wrestling yet. But look at Misha Surkinov. Uh, with the UFC, and he lost three out of four, maybe that was it. But hey, he's came in, he's he's beaten Cummins and Crute, and Crute and will be back. He's a young guy. He's a guy I look forward to doing big stuff in the division. But Serkinov getting that win, maybe pushing himself up a little bit in the division. Augusto Sakai defeated Marcin Tiberá, KO strikes in under one minute. This was a drubbing. Sakai won. Miles Johns defeated Cole Smith via split decision. Hunter Azur defeated Brad Katona via unanimous decision. I cannot get excited for a Brad Katona fight. Ugh! Chaz Skelly defeated Jordan Griffin via unanimous decision. Austin Hubbard defeated Kyle Pripolek via unanimous decision. A lot of 29-28s across this prelim card. Not the best prelim card, but the Luis Smoka and Augusto Sakai finishes were worth watching. Luis Smoka is a guy that I want to put over too. Uh... He came into the UFC and and had a little bit of a buzz about him. He uh he had fought in that that Filipino uh company and it just bleh, fought crap opponents, but stepped into the UFC and won I think 5 of his first 6 had some performance of the night bonuses and then just lost his way out of the UFC. And when I say he lost his way out of the UFC, I don't mean like lost two or three fights. He lost four fights and he was getting handled um now, granted, these were against really good fighters. Moreno, Borg, Elliot, Nicolau. And he, he was gone. By the end of 2017, after that Nicolau fight, he was gone. 2018, he owned that year. He got right back in the cage in April. Finished a guy. Got right back in June. Uh, finished another guy. Got right back in October finished a guy and by November he was back in the UFC back in the UFC won his way back not like a oh man you know what we we're really in a bind got to have him back even though they kind of were he got back in the UFC in 11 months won his return fight he did lose to Matt Schnell but uh, returned against Ryan McDonald he's won two out of three he is a a completely appropriate UFC fighter and uh, I dig that I dig that. I can talk a little bit about Bloodsport as well. Uh, since I'm here and you know, the time isn't like, uh, this isn't a long review or anything like that, but I'll go ahead and talk about Bloodsport. Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 2 happened tonight. Good show. Allison K defeated uh, Nicole Savoy via KO. I really dug that. We spoke to Allison K. Make sure you guys check that out. Uh, she We had her in studio. Davey Boy Smith Jr. versus Tom Lawler. Davey Boy Smith ended up winning via TKO. Tom Lawler stepped in on commentary earlier in the night and just had a really, really great performance on commentary as well, I thought. Uh, I was. I, I think that he does great there. He's definitely got a future in that as well. Zach Wentz and Anthony Henry. This was a much faster-paced fight than a lot of a lot of uh, fights. And Zach Wentz, I, I don't see a lot of this out of him. So I was happy to see some of this out of him. Lindsay Snow uh, got beat by Sumi Sakai via submission. Sumi Sakai does have an MMA background. Uh, By the way, Anthony Henry defeated Zachary Wentz via submission. Uh, Good to see Sumi Sakai stepping out there and doing this too. I was glad to see some women on this show. I want to see more of that. Um, I would not be surprised to see Shiri Kondo end up on this after she had an ill-fated UFC run because uh, there's not a lot of uh, women with UFC experience. Who uh, end up going to pro wrestling, and I think that she should. Uh, There's some that like like Gina Mazzani, who was on the Future Stars of Wrestling show that Killer Cross put up there. Uh, I think that she would be a good one too. There are some people who are are more than than qualified to do that. It's just a matter of getting them over there. I mean, quite frankly, usually the ones that are qualified, WWE snatches up. I mean, like. They, they got a lot of them. They got Sonya Deville, and uh, and uh, and they picked up Ronda Rousey, Jessamyn Duke, Marina Shafir, Shayna Baszler, uh, Shadia Pazazio. They, they got her, too. Tanera Conti, who had some grappling background. So I would like to see more women who get cut from the UFC, end up in Invicta, and want to show a little bit doing this. I would like to see Ivalice doing this, too. She's got a bit of an MMA background. Uh, Timothy Thatcher defeated Akushi Minawa via submission. Uh, if you aren't familiar with Minowa, but you, you've heard his name, I often refer to him when a lot of people do the the big wrestler versus little wrestler comparison. They say, oh, little guy can't beat a big guy in a real fight. Well, Minowa made a career of doing that, so I'm really glad to see him making his U.S. debut here. Uh, that was really, really awesome. I I love this. Uh, Matt Mikowski defeated Rory Gulak via KO. Anthony Corelli, the former Santino... Morella defeated Simon Grimm, the former Simon Gotch via submission. I was surprised about this because Simon Grimm got a great reaction. Uh, and by that I mean a great heel reaction. He seems to be pretty dedicated to doing these types of shows. And you gotta wonder like how many of these does a an Anthony Corelli, a Santino Morella, have in him? Now, this is a guy who had retired and taken two years off, quite frankly. Just didn't wrestle for a long time, and I wasn't sure if he ever was. Like he, he didn't wrestle for for two years, or I think a little bit longer than that, probably about three years. And since 2017, he's kind of eased back in. And this year, I think he's worked about eight or nine matches. But this stuff it works for him. He's got the MMA background. He's got a judo background. He had a former like uh, persona. He's got a martial arts school. This was good, and he looked in awesome shape. He looked in amazing shape. Eric Hammer defeated J.R. Kratos via submission. I was not familiar with either man, and they had a really good match. I would love to see both of them back in in the fold as well. Killer Cross defeated Nick Gage via technical submission. This was pretty quick. Nick Gage did not fit in on this show, and I like that. He stuck out like a sore thumb, and I think that's great. So, Killer Cross ends up choking out Nick Gage, and he grabs a mic. And obviously there's a lot of stuff going on with Killer Cross lately. People wonder what he's going to say, what he's going to do. Is he going to shoot on Impact Wrestling? No. He took the mic, and he was like, you know, there's a guy that I want to face in this format. And he says he's retired, but I don't know if I believe it. Dave Batista. Oh, boy. And the crowd goes freaking nuts. And Twitter goes freaking nuts. And I go freaking nuts. Uh, Dave Batista is a guy who loves MMA, who fought in MMA once, who uh, has trained with Josh Rafferty, who we've interviewed on the site multiple times, trained with Davey Boy Smith Jr. I I don't know if he has or had an MMA gym. But word is, and I have not been able to confirm yet, but word is he was in Atlantic City filming a movie tonight. Oh, man. Man. That was uh, something. That was outstanding. And that, that does a few things. It puts Bloodsport in the headlines. It puts Batista in the headlines. It puts Killer Cross in the headlines and his situation in the headlines. That was amazing. It was smart. That's what it was. It was smart. Killer Cross challenging Dave Batista to a blood sport match was very, very smart for a number of reasons. Also smart was booking uh, Josh Barnett against Chris Dickinson. Josh Barnett wins. There was a great deadlift German suplex from Chris Dickinson. Hot dog. That ruled. Josh Barnett ended up winning with a gut-wrench powerbomb into some grounded knees. Hose me down. Now, this concept it was originally uh, used with Matt Riddle and then Josh Barnett took it over and GCW has really found their niche with niche shows. They've really found their wheelhouse with all these niche shows and this is a good one. People look forward to it. It really feels like fights. But... It's got that pro wrestling spin on it. It's got that pro wrestling twist on it. And I love that, man. I love that. This was just outstanding. This was a good night. It went. It ended almost right around the same time that UFC Vancouver did. Like They ran parallel from about 8 to 11-ish. The co-main event went up when the co-main event did on the other show. And the main event ran alongside the main event. Very cool stuff. Uh, guys, make sure you guys leave a thumbs up on this video. Make sure you guys subscribe. We'll be back here Tuesday talking about uh, the UFC Vancouver show, previewing what all's going on next week with uh, with all that. But uh, make sure you guys leave a thumbs up and subscribe. Visit fightful.com, fightfulmma.com, fightfulwrestling.com. Check out our coverage of Bloodsport and UFC Vancouver. Until next time, we're out